Hello and welcome to the Talk Football Podcast. First of all, let me start off by apologising for the delay in episodes, but with Christmas and the uh, the big C word knocking about, I haven't been able to get over and do recording and then it in, and so there we are, we've been delayed. Now, I've got two special guests with me today on the podcast, and this is a bit of an international podcast, because returning from uh, a bit of a break, because uh, we haven't had him on for a while, it's Paul Nelson, all the way from Wellington in New Zealand. Hello, Paul. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hey, Paul's back. And joining me all the way from Derby, which is not a massive amount of uh, distance away from me, it's Adam James, who's a Derby County fan. Um, and yeah, well, there's been some interesting goings on there. So welcome to the pod, Adam. Cheers, my man. Thank you very much. It's uh, Adam's a pod virgin, so we'll go easy on him, or, or not. <laughs> so we've got a few... We haven't got like a, a one major general topic that we're going to cover today, so it's just going to be like a bit of a general football chat between three football-loving mates. And um, But we are going to touch on our individual clubs, so obviously Paul with Spurs, uh, Adam with Derby, and myself with Chelsea. So we'll, we will have a little ramble on about our own clubs and cover our other various topics, including our first topic we're going to kick off with, which is transfers, which is, I suppose, on trend, bearing in mind, you know, transfer window is open. Um, two particular transfers that have happened in the last 24 hours being Kieran Trippier to Newcastle, £12 million, and uh, Felipe Coutinho to Aston Villa, which is an initial four four £4.5 million loan fee with uh, potential for a £33 million transfer at the end of the loan, should it go well. So let's, let's, uh, we'll get your thoughts on that, gentlemen. What do you think? It's a bargain, I think, that is. Because if it doesn't yeah. work out, to me, four send, million loan fee. Send him back bargain. to Barca. <laughs> yeah, send him back. Not doing very well, not performing, not playing at his best, which we know he's a good player. Yeah. But Aston Villa, it can be a different story. Well, it's been a Spain. tough couple of years, obviously. Um, I'm a bit surprised, Paul, that um, that Spurs didn't throw the rat in the ring for him. Well, I'd kind of agree because you, you know, as you say, was it four million for the loan fee, and then if yeah. it doesn't work, you send him back. And as a Spurs fan, I guess some. Uh, team outside of the top three but wanting to get top four it's slightly worrying when a team like Villa are signing quality like Coutinho you know I mean obviously I think a lot of it you've got uh, obviously there's a lot in the fact that it's Steven Gerrard I don't think he signs for Villa if, if Stevie G isn't the manager for a start as much as they, they, they might have had aspirations of signing players of that kind of quality I think we can all agree that doesn't happen yeah. without Stevie there but then that's a good sign for Villa it's a great sign for Villa. Yeah, and um, I mean, just on Coutinho, he's 29. You know, he's he hasn't played much football in the last say two and a half years. An unsuccessful loan with um, Bayern Munich away from Barcelona, and then say you know a year and a half unsuccessfully playing at Barcelona. Probably not really for his own faults. I think it's difficult to become a, a star player in a team when there's already a star there, which there had been in obviously in Leo Messi. Who's the best person to guide him back to football? Back to playing. Steven well, I mean, and that's the Steve, reason why he's there. Yeah, 100%. Stevie G obviously knows him very well because obviously he, he, he captained Coutinho at Liverpool. So it's a, it's a signing for me. I mean, I, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I was listening to Talk Sport this morning and they had Simon Jordan on as they do every morning with Jim White, and he, and he said it. You know, it's a no-brainer. I mean, and if you even get say seventy-five percent of the quality of the player that was at Liverpool at that time, then you're still getting a very good player. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. I hope it does. If you get 60%, really you're getting better than what Villa have got. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, Brendia as a as a replacement for Jack Grealish probably hasn't really worked out that well. Which is a bit of a punt, I suppose, 33 million on Brendia as a replacement for Jack. Sort of slightly different kind of players. But I think Coutinho automatically slots in of the left side of a front three for Villa um, and gives them what they lost out when they lost Jack. So it kind of would makes sense that? in that. Or would you put him behind Ings and Watkins and just say, do whatever you well, want? Well, I've got, I've got a bit of a thought on that as well, because I honestly don't think if you're going to get the best out of either Danny Ings or, or Watkins, I don't think they can play in the same team. Because when Ings plays, Watkins gets shoved out on sort of almost like a left forward. So you not don't really get the best out of him. They don't he doesn't generally play as two. He kind of plays a four three three, um, formation. But he could surprise us, and he could play. I mean, they've been they've had Sanson playing in the central midfield area as the one that's ticking the play over. And I I don't. But that's a lot of that's due to injury. But maybe Coutinho can go in there, mm. almost play as a ten. I think right. if you play with a narrow three, so you got a ten and a, and two strikers, you need good fullbacks, don't you? Because you need someone to give you width. Yeah. And they've got Cash, haven't they? Who's a yeah, Cash on the right side. Fullback. He's had a really good season. Now an international, obviously, with Poland. Um, He's a great player. He played at target. the Forest. I've seen yeah. numerous times oh, with yeah, Derby and that cracking player. I think he's had that, obviously, that Championship League one grounding. So coming up, you know, it, it makes you, I, I personally, I think it makes you a better player when you come through the yeah, leagues yeah. like that. Um, and obviously Target on the left, who, who's solid anyway. Oh, we so, know yeah. Coutinho's a good passer as well. Pass on the ball. So even wherever he I went back and had a look beautiful. at looked at some of his best goals for Liverpool um on YouTube this morning. Um and some of them are just beyond ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> really were. But um yeah, all right. So uh Coutinho, very no good signing. No brainer. I, I I think he just benefits them. I know they've already got a player there that I love as a, a midfielder anyway, in John McGinn. I think he's superb. So if you're adding that kind of quality to that, I think probably the only thing really I suppose if we are touching on Villa, if they were going to get another signing, they probably need another centre-back because I don't think Mings is really up to it. I like, I like Konza. I like Konza a lot, the young lad. Um, but uh, for me, Mings is a bit of a liability there. Who would they go for, though? That's the question. That's, that's the trouble. It's not really... There's many you know, out there, getting good there? quality centre-halves is, is, an, is an issue. Certainly, obviously, Spurs have had that issue. You, you know, if we're going to touch on a bit of Spurs... Transfer. No, but this is yeah, again. This is another one that concerns me. What? What? What's your thoughts on Emerson Royale? Emerson Royale is a. Oh, excuse me. He is a very good right back. Yeah. He is not a right wing back. He is solidly solid enough defensive, defensively, but he can't cross for toffee. He can't pass. He's an athlete, so he yeah. can get up and down the pitch. But he he doesn't have the end quality to be a, a right no. wing back. A bit, he's a bit maybe in the Wambasaka kind of sort of. Yeah, he's exactly yeah. like that. He's more than competent. He's very very good defensively. Yeah, and he's an athlete, so he gets himself in the positions to cross the ball. But he doesn't have the ability to cross the ball. You got to feel sorry for him a little bit. And we've done this twice on the right side of defence now. Yeah. So he signed under Nuno to be a right back. And yes. now we switch to a three at the back and he's got to be a wing back. And it's very we unlikely of, Conte switches yeah. away from that because that's kind of yeah. Conte's thing. And we did something similar with Doherty the uh, season before where 
we signed Doherty and we were going to play, Mourinho was going to play a lopsided defence. So Davies would tuck in and in yes. effect almost be a free at the back and then allow Doherty to roam almost like a right wing back. And then we and then um, Regulon became available and we signed Regulon and then Regulon became the attacking threat of the of the fullbacks. Yeah. Um I personally think with um reg, uh, not Regulon, with um uh, our friend Royal or Royale, as it should be said. He yeah. <laughs> um I think he'd do a very good job to what Davies is doing at the moment. Yes. And play as a right sided centre half. He's a big fella. He's physical. He's yeah. an athlete. That would and that, he could that do creates that, a bit I of think. a problem on the right though, though, because obviously you don't really play with a sort of like a a right winger as such or a right midfielder. So you, normally, if you start with a three, Moura would be kind of on that right side, but he drifts, and that really does leave the right flank open. Particularly, no, you... I think it would be okay with the way the midfield is at the moment because he's got a skip and Hoybio basically to cover across, shielding yeah. a back three. So you've got your five defensive players, and that's sort of the problem where we lack balance at the moment. You've got you've got your back three, you've got your two midfield shielding, yeah. and you've got two wing backs that can't attack. So you're basically defending with eight, and then you've I mean, for, got three. For twelve, for twelve million, I, I, I know obviously you wouldn't have been that probably go nowhere near what Newcastle are paying in wages. But would you not have maybe try to bring Kieran back? I would have come from New Zealand to Spain to pick him up and drive him <laughs> over to North London. <laughs> yeah. He is a quality. I think know, so. His delivery I think... is immense. I mean, it's amazing. Right. I never wanted him to go. Obviously. You know, yes, people say, you know, obviously they've come out, House today has come out and said, all right, you know, he's not coming here just for the money, he's coming here for the project. We all know the money is going to be good. Whoever signs for Newcastle now is going to be on a good wage. There's no question about that. People were questioning, you know, saying, you know, he is only going there for the money. It's not about any kind of like sporting challenge and trying to take Newcastle to where, you know, Newcastle fans want to go to under this kind of money. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't feel that for me. I think he's thirty-one. I think he's probably looked at it and thought, well, I, I can have a payday, and I could possibly be at the start of a of a legacy that might potentially go down in history as being we laid the building blocks for what's to come. Because if you look at him, and people go, oh yeah, he's going to Newcastle, relegation fight, he might lose his place in the England team. Have you seen how many right backs we've got? He's probably going to lose his place in the England team anyway. I don't think he's thinking that strategically to be honest I think he just simply wants to go back home wants to live in the north he's won a title with Atletico Madrid yes you get you get some players who just have that burning ambition to win 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 Kieran Trippier probably never thought he was win a national title a league title yeah and he's won a championship and be a star player probably never thought he'd play for England you know, when he was bombed out City as a kid. And he's, he's you know, he's achieved loads. And he probably, Very I think he's, him and his family have enjoyed Spain, but he probably just, he wants to go home and up north, which is probably a reason why Spurs didn't try. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't try because he's too old, but, but then there's, I don't there's, think he would have wanted to come to London anyway. There's up north and then there's very up north. Which is done. But would you yeah, question but, his ability, though, Trippy? His ability. 
I wouldn't. Because I've seen a lot of no. people question his ability and everything. No. I, I, I think if, any, if, anyone, if anyone questions his ability as a player, I, I, I would question their knowledge on football, personally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't agree yeah, with him because I think he's an amazing yeah. player. I mean, look Absolutely. what he did for look what he did for England in in the European Championships. Yeah. You know, we had you know he had started at right back and then he ended up filling in at playing at games at left back and did equally as good. And people seem to forget, you know, the free kick he scored in the uh, in the World Cup. <laughs> you know, yeah, can't say so, anything about that, can you? No. All right, well, so it's a bit annoying because I'd quite like Newcastle to go down, but that <laughs> is a good statement quality I, signing I, I that do means think, others should follow. I do think that they're well, they have saved themselves a good twenty, thirty million pounds just by simply switching Joe Linton into a central midfielder, and he, he's been a revelation since that. He's been smashing it, but there. that doesn't surprise me because I know you know people. He was signed, obviously, he signed for £40 million as a striker. But actually, if you go back and look at his time at Hoffenheim, he actually played midfield. He he was actually, as he was coming through as a young player when he came over from Brazil, he played as a left midfielder. He, he And then he became a striker because Hoffenheim had no one else to play up front and he had the stature and the speed to do it. And obviously, he had a good couple of seasons which earned him the move. But it doesn't surprise me. But that, that's a good thing for them because they don't have to worry about signing anyone in that area as such. Probably need maybe one more, maybe attacking midfield in Newcastle. And then certainly maybe a, a couple of centre-backs. Lascelles is, I think he's all right. If you have Lascelles alongside a, an experienced centre-back, then I, I, I would I would stand Newcastle with a reasonable chance. Um, they need to add a striker because they've lost Wilson long-term, obviously. Um, but you had you had stri- you had a, a you know a decent centre back and, and a striker who could maybe score ten goals between now and the end of the season. I give I would give Newcastle a reasonable chance of getting out of trouble, not just because of what they do, but I'm looking at the form of the likes of Watford, Burnley, and in particular Southampton. I think Southampton's arse has dropped right out of it. Yeah, I think I think they'll go down. Don't score! Don't score! Yeah. No, nowhere near enough goals. Nope. They're down. Yeah. You, know, you you replace Danny Ings with uh, with a championship striker, albeit Adam Armstrong's a good a good player. He's untested at Premier League level, and obviously since Ings left, the form of Shea uh, uh, Adams has has dropped out the window as well. Which I is haven't seen him. You don't hear nothing of him anymore. No. So let's touch on Spurs. Um, since we have we've touched on them a little bit. Um, um, so let's get a progress report of what Paul thinks of Conte so far. Obviously. I know Conte very well, <laughs> um, being a being a Juve fan and obviously a Chelsea fan. So you know you do like you do like an ex Chelsea manager. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When his name was mentioned in the summer, I didn't want him purely because he was ex Chelsea. <laughs> and it was but, your what? We worked it out. Was it the fifth? Well, I think if you, yeah, so there would have been Poddle Ballas. first. Yeah, Hoddle, which is a bit disappointing. Well, very disappointing. Yeah. Hoddle, Boas, Mourinho. Jose, yeah. And then there's one other, I think. I think there is. I can't, can't remember who it was. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he's obviously amazing and he's obviously immense and we're lucky to have him. He's a winner. Bearing in yeah. mind the way Man, the Cup Man United missed a massive trick yeah. there, not getting it ahead of you. Yeah, he's, yeah. he knows what he's doing. and. Yeah, he's been he's been great. He's been a, he's been amazing. So we've obviously lost two games in the cup, one to Mora yeah. and then you won to Chelsea last night. Certainly um, steady the ship, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I'm more than more than steady this year. Yeah. But I look at the league table and I think even without signings, I expect us to finish fourth just because of him. Mm. Whereas before him, you know, I think every Spurs fan would have just said, "Let's just finish sixth. You know, let's let's try that and see if we can win a cup." You know, and Nuno was always at that caretaker manager feel about it. But I, we said this now. We said this back in, um, I think it was actually the start of this season when we did a, a Spurs pod, and it was very much a case that we thought. Um, well, straight away, obviously, the fact that they only gave him the two-year contract, um, that, that rang alarm yeah. bells. The fact that he was maybe fifth, sixth, seventh choice rang alarm bells. Of um, what we know. <laughs> of, of what we know. And then, obviously, the style of football, which never really, you know, looking at... No. I mean, he did a good job at Wolves. You can't discredit what he did at Wolves, but he, he, he worked with what he had, you know, and he played a, a brand and style of football that kept Wolves in the Premier League year after year. Which is fine, but that was never, never going to sit, and never going to be acceptable at a club like Spurs. No, he was, he was sort of Mourinho light, weren't he? Mourinho but practical trophies. Yeah, practical, um, you know, pragmatic, if you like. Yeah. And yeah, and of course he didn't have the name to fall back on when it all started to go wrong. So it's been a strange season in that yeah. we won our first three games one nil, top of the league, and then it all just fell apart. And then yeah. um, I moved to the other side of the world and Conte comes in and we started to play well again. <laughs> so I'm not coming back till we win a trophy. <laughs> that could be a while. <laughs> oh, or not. We'll see. So, yeah, my only disappointment with Conte would have been last night, uh, Wednesday night with the, uh, the League Cup semi-final. Game. It was a very strange yeah. game because I, I didn't feel that we were quite at it. We, we, we have, we've got a thing at the moment. We'll touch on Chelsea later anyway. But... but We've got a thing where we drift in and out of games, um, and we, we allow, you know, our opponents to get in it. And I, I just didn't feel with Spurs that they didn't feel like you'd ever get out, ever really got out of second gear. We didn't, and but I think the problem was, firstly, you look at the team, and you know, Conte plays with his three at the back, and you need ball playing centre halves. Yeah. And we had Tanganga, Davies, and Sanchez because Dyer and Romero are our ball playing centre halves, so aren't fit. Yeah, and Romero would never have made it, but Dyer, we were yeah. Romero's a big miss. I do quite like him. Yeah, and then the problem with that, so once you've got them in the back three, and then to to play that three 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 or sorry three four three or three five two, you then have to put Doherty at left back because you're not playing Regulon, and then you've got Royale, who we've already touched on a right back, and then you've got the two midfielders. We just had, we just had nothing. We had no creativity. We had no pace. And then you've got a back three who aren't comfortable on the ball, let alone you could not call ball playing centre-halves. So if I was Chelsea and Tuchel, it would, the thing would have been, press them immediately, they will make mistakes and we will score. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I think you, I've got to give uh, Tuchel a bit of credit in the sense he threw us a bit of a curveball by going with a four at the back. I guess Conte probably stuck with his three because he <laughs> three assumed... You, three you a curveball, three yeah, us a curveball. Well, well, I think he probably assumed that I'll stick with my system because then that way at least everyone's matching up man for man and, you know, you've got someone to compete against. But, of course, Chelsea had an extra man in midfield. They were able to boss it. They were able to press. We had a back three you can't pass. Sanchez has been great with Romero being out on the right yeah. side of a back three. Just defending. All he's got to do is defend and then give the ball to Dyer, basically, or you know, punt the ball upfield. 
But then he moved into that middle position where he's meant to be the guy who's pinging the ball and yeah. dictating almost, the play, which he can't almost, do. Uh, sweeper esque. You know. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, which is not his role. And and the moment I saw that team, was like we're in trouble. And just because we should have gone to a four, and yeah. we we came out second half of a four, and we looked better. I think an element of that was definitely that Chelsea, obviously, it's already two 0 up. Conserving a bit of energy, probably just thought oh, we'll keep a clean sheet and then we're okay. But we still definitely look better. Yeah, um, I, I mean, yet again, case of missed chances for us as well. We had one or two chances where we. Oh yeah, well, third, that, yeah, definitely. Third and maybe the fourth goal killed the tie, and um, that worries me a bit. You know, for the, so that would for the be, second leg. So my only, my only criticism of Conte, and I don't necessarily think he did this, but certainly post game, it felt a bit of a worry was that that was a team that was picked uh, to show to the boardroom that he doesn't have the players that he wants and he needs and they need to back him. Yeah. And, you know, I can imagine that Levy promised him the world desperately to try and get him in the job. And I can equally imagine that Levy has scaled back some of those promises <laughs> yeah. since he signed the contract. Typical, typical Levy behaviour. Yeah. yeah. And I've not, really Conte... not really seen you link with many players either. No, well, I can imagine Conte's at the beginning of this transfer window thinking to himself, right, I want... he probably knew he had to ship some out. I'm surprised he, he hasn't gone he wants to raid in. in. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't had a look at maybe raiding Inter and, and, and maybe taking well, some of that, <sighs> one or two out of there, but... I mean, there's a weird link with, you know, we talked about Royale and his inability to uh, attack with Triori, uh, with this concept <clears throat> that yeah. he's going to be converted into a right wing back. I mean, obviously, Adam Adam also, you know, he knows Triori very mm. well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Triori's got a, an end product. He hasn't. And no. it's, a typical, it's a typical Tottenham signing of, we are desperate for someone on the right. Yeah. We're not prepared to pay enough money to get the right person in. So we'll do a cheap deal to get someone in who is better attacking than the guy that we've got, but probably won't fulfill the role completely. No. And then going back to trips, like, you know, yes, he's 31, but he costs 12 million. Newcastle will probably pay any more wages, but he would have more than served a purpose for 18 yeah. months. And then you've got 18 months to come up with your mid to long term solution. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, you know, that's just not the way that's, that Spurs and Levy think, unfortunately. No, it's not. Which, which probably, which probably leads me to think that Conte goes within 18 months because he'll get frustrated well, and fall out with the board. <laughs> and to be honest, I think this is a problem. And this is what has, has always held Tottenham back, you know, like Potts. Had that great team, you know, that team from 15 to 17, those two years, yeah. we were immense. And then we just Toby, didn't build on Atongan. them. Yeah, yeah, you know, all of them Walker, Rose, Dembele, Dyer, Wanyama, Ericsson. Oh, just it's the brilliant. list goes on and on. It's yeah. amazing. Say that looks, that's an amazing team. But when you think, is. well, this is it's the thing, though. Team, I mean, you'll, you know, you'll know yourself, at, you know, because obviously being familiar and watching football week in, week out in the Premier League. And yeah. you'd go back that sort of like 10 years and, and, and you'd go back and look at what what Spurs had. I mean, it was frightening. It was not 10 years, it's though. Ridiculous. No, it's five years. 
Five, well, yeah, five years, I suppose, yeah. It's only five. Yeah, it was after Sherwood. It was after Sherwood, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was, and I, then, I still couldn't believe it when they got rid of all them. But Tongan, what a solid defender he was. I think I think within I think it was somewhere in Belgium. Once he went, no, I think he went China. China. No, he's he's playing in Portugal. Oh, Portugal plays for. Was he a Benfica? Oh, Benfica, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then Toby went. Toby went China. Toby's in the UAE. Oh, UAE. Yeah, well, that was a money deal. I think he was solid and all. Still couldn't believe they got rid of him. I mean, obviously, he was captain, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, he we would have captained a few games. Yeah. We touched on it before as well. Like obviously, when they brought Bow back and that. I mean, I know Paul was quite excited about that, and that never really worked out. No, but no. I, I did, you understand? I never really saw that working out under Mourinho anyway. <laughs> well, so, that was a levy signing yeah, because he definitely so wanted to yeah, bring him yeah. back. But the, yeah, that's the thing with Spurs. So you take that 2017 team. No player that we have signed since the summer of 2017 would get in the 15 to 17 team. No. Probably wouldn't even make the bench. No. So that's how far we've dropped. I can um, see Bell coming back. Yeah. I can. I can see I don't, back. I don't He's know. He's transfer listed, apparently. There's got a few players well, going. Yeah, well, well, Madrid, well, every team in Spain needs players, any kind of big-name players that are of an age. They need them off the wage bill because the Spanish league really, really clamped yeah. down when it comes to you know, wages and the clubs being able to run within a, a reasonable budget. So I read know. a piece today on Bale that um, if Wales don't make if Wales don't make the uh, World Cup, then they he'll will retire. Uh, he'll retire. And he's yeah. thinking of going back to Wales, going back to play for Cardiff or Swansea, just to like short term until the World Cup. Really? Or stick to golf. <laughs> That's what he's doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he loves his golf. Yeah. Well, was, I'll never forget that with that with that game with the old, when he got they brought that flag out and it was Wales golf Madrid and uh, and uh, you know, like three or four players all all around him and, and any kind of like common sense would kick in knowing all the cameras are on you and if you've got any level of common sense you're not getting carried away with yourself you you keep well away from the flag and you're like no no that's funny but yeah I ain't gonna stand in front of it and he's standing there like wait come on. <laughs> Thing is, you say he could, um, he could go back to Cardiff. They're on the verge of going down if they're not careful. Cardiff are. Well, Swans, Swans had a bit of a because well. obviously I had James on on the last episode um, talking about Cardiff, and it, it was on the back of um, of them pulling off the that amazing three three draw, being three 0 down, yeah. score three goals in five minutes. But Cardiff were a funny team. I mean, I think that obviously the owners have completely lost interest. They're not really pumping any money in. Um, Ever since that Salah thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Once the parachute payments run out, once they got relegated, the the loss of interest there. Swansea again, you know, mid-table mediocrity. They're a club now that just sort of like bring up good youth players, get into a certain level, and and then try and flog them on for as much money as possible. You know, the American backers there have really lost interest as well. So it's a funny one. I I I struggle to see Bow going. I can't see Bow dropping to the champion the championship. I can't. I, I can't. But it's football. Nothing would surprise me. But as we're talking about the championship, that le- that leads us nicely in to talking about Adams Club. Um, well, obviously, Derby County. Like, man, what an eventful season that's been. Well, I mean, I don't know how much how much of it Paul's seen. So obviously, they got the administration. So initially, that cost them twelve points. Um, yeah. So they got t- twelve points taken off of them, and then f- because of further financial irregularities. 
it ended up becoming 21 points. Yeah, it was not but, paying players again. That's yeah, what did it. And, and the revenue and, didn't help and either. Yeah, they, and they were they were fixing, trying to fix the, the revenue, trying to yeah. exacerbate what the revenue was. So they got done. So they ended up being on minus 21 points at the start of the season. And I don't know if you've seen the championship table at all, Paul, but um, remarkably... We're I, 11 points from safety now. I, I, I have to... We could be mid-table if we didn't get the points taken off us. We would yeah. be mid-table. Well, I, I, have to, I have to take my hats off to Rooney. One, because he was lied to by to Mel Morris. Mel Morris lied to Rooney and said that they were going to do this. He, he, he had people coming into the club to invest. There'd be transfer funds available. Yep. Um, it all ended up that being a load of shit. Never told him about the administration at all. No. Nothing was told. Never told him he, about. He only found out when he looked at Sky Sports News. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And he found out. He, did, he had no. Yeah. I mean, you would think maybe maybe that's a, maybe a bit of naivety on terms of his managerial, you know, level that he wasn't as invested in the club to not know that something was going on in the background. You could say that for one. But what I've got to take my hat off to him is the fact that he stuck about. Yeah, that's me. That's loyalty. Loyalty's yeah. Done I know because I know there was one massive respect bit. for that bloke. After the first season, there was a bit of a 50-50 split with the fans. I think some of them were like, oh, you're just living off name and reputation. You're not any good as a manager, questioning some of the... But I think a lot of people forget that those players weren't his players. You know, they were players that he'd inherited and that he was trying to put us, you know, trying to put a a way of playing in and and to try and achieve some results. But he he didn't have signings. And then, of course, the transfer embargoes came in and he couldn't make signings other than loans. Or free agents, which is still the still the well, current it's, state. It's like the likes of Lawrence in that they didn't like him at all. They didn't like the way he really right. worked. But now I look at them now, the past three games. Well, it's three wins on a spin. The best now. I have ever seen them play. Yeah, and and I, mean, I tell you what, Curtis Davis as a defender is a oh, solid defender. Well, the, they and Jack Yelker at his age as well at the back. Yeah, well, yeah, says it all. But I think that's um, you're, you're starting to see Rooney's personality in terms yeah. of. His like, his personality on the pitch, within his players, if you like. Yeah. It just shows at... you. Look at look the other night. He got coronavirus. Yeah. Well, he, he hadn't got coronavirus. He just stayed away because he got cold symptoms. But yeah, he stayed on the phone throughout the whole game. So in the current situation, sat... you're you're eleven points off of Reading, um, twelve points off of Cardiff. Uh, obviously Cardiff, uh, Reading have two games in hand. Cardiff have a game in hand. But they're really struggling, you know, really, really, really struggling for form. I, I always said this, and I mean, we've seen this all the time in the championship. You you have teams at a midway midway point in the season that are nowhere near the top six. They're hovering around sort of anywhere like fifteenth or whatever in the table, bubbling along. And then it's such a weird division. And then they put a run of ten or fifteen games together and, and go on a streak and end up in an automatic qualification. <laughs> it's, it's such a it's a strange, right. funny league. I, I, I do see, I do, I think it's brilliant. Isn't it? I think, I do see Derby actually getting out of this. I really do. I, I, even, because we're really, really talking about three games. If they can get momentum, um, obviously, we're talking about, obviously, potentially uh, bids coming in for the club now as well. Yeah. One being Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley today has been rumoured 50 million. Uh, A 50 million bid, yeah. And what I've heard as well from, uh, I don't think you know, the One Direction. Niall Horan. Oh, right, yeah. Massive fan of Derby. And Is he? Yeah, he's been said and come out and said that it's all on proof. It's got to be proof that they've got the money there. Well, I think, long, I think we long, know long Mike Ashley. Commitment. We know Mike Ashley's got the money. 
yeah, 300 million. He's got million 300, million, 300 million <laughs> off Newcastle burning his hole in his, in his back pocket. And another thing, Derby have rejected bids for two players today. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign, I suppose. Well, the administrators have rejected them. They said they yeah. want to try and keep as many players at that club as possible, unless they didn't necessarily need to sell them. Yeah. At the minute, obviously, the talk's going on. Imminent. It is imminent. Oh, I can't even say the bloody word now. <laughs> imminent. Imminent. It is imminent that them bidders are going to be announced. As when obviously possible. I've been on Twitter since that news broke about Ashley. I've had a look. I've been on Twitter trying to gauge what the fans have been saying, um, and, and obviously there's a bit of a worry looking at what yeah. Ashley uh, happened with Ashley at Newcastle. I don't necessarily buy into the fact that, Nash, uh, that Ashley was completely a completely terrible chairman. It's not like he didn't spend any money at all. No, he's clever. He's a clever bloke. Yeah. I mean, and you he can, can maybe balance the books completely. Yeah, I mean, Look maybe, at Mel Morris, what he's done with Derby yeah. now. You could probably yeah. question Perfect. some of the managerial appointments. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Gary Lampard was one of them. Well, well, oh, oh, well, what an idiot! I don't think you had what a choice, that, did you? Well, no, he yeah. chose where he wants to go. Yeah. Chelsea's fault. I <laughs> <him>. <laughs> no, honestly, I think if Lampard had stayed, I think it would have been a different story, but. Like, Maybe, like say, but then, but then even, now. even if Frank had stayed though, you, you still would have had the financial problems. Well, yeah, I, 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 I think I think that Mel Morris took a punt on the fact that you were going to win that playoff final, uh, yeah. and if and, and and if you'd have got to the Premier League, then all your prayers are answered. He'd have back pocketed that completely. Oh yeah, because uh, you know that's 120, 140 million, you know, for the season. And, well, and I just don't understand what? how how. A, a chairman can get himself in that much of a mess. Well, thirty million owed, thirty million owed to HMRC, yeah, and then can't pay your players. I mean, I, I sell the stadium and get money from the stadium. I've been up. Obviously, I went up to um, Derby uh, a few months ago, Paul. Um, I don't know if you saw the pictures. I put the pictures up on, uh, on on Instagram and whatnot. The stadium's incredible, and the setting around it is incredible. It's a Premiership ready club, and I'm surprised that more. You know, more investors haven't got in there. Room for expansion on the stadium as well. Yeah, it's nice. Banks back in the middle of a yeah, retail park. I don't know why I'm waving because you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam's definitely got a voice uh, for radio, not for screen. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I can dance all you want. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 hopeful. You know, obviously uh, being up there now and whatnot, I've got a bit of a a bit of a soft spot for Derby, obviously now. So. Um, I'm hoping that someone comes in and can take the club forward. Uh, I'll tell you yeah. what, if it's Ashley, it's Ashley. I don't bother doing it. It's as long as, as, long as the club gets safe. Alive, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, and we know he's got money. It can be Rolf Harris or anyone for all I know. It can be anybody. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Just save this <laughs> club, please. Thank, thank you. The That's unfortunate thing with Ashley is that because of who took over at Newcastle, he easily passes the fit and proper ownership test. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, mate, Rolf Harris would probably going by what looking at the the Premier League guidelines. Fit and proper. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's probably got a few quid from Epstein lying about. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to. We'll, we'll get to. Got funds. As long as he's got funds, I don't care. He can, he can take it. over. All right. So, well, well, you know, since we've covered yours two clubs now, um, I suppose we better cover my own. And bear in mind, I've never actually done a podcast episode on Chelsea yet. You know. On here, have you not? No, my mate Ian, he's another, he's a big Chelsea fan, works with me on on the buses. He's supposed to have done one with me, and um, we, it's all there, it's all done, it's all written. We all know what we're going to do and say, but bearing it because we do shift work and whatnot, we've just not been able to get it together and 
find a time where we could get it done. So, yeah. I'm going to so, fire a question at you as well in a bit. Go on then. Yeah, we'll ask you about the question. Ra- you, yeah, there you go. You, you two can interrogate me. About the kaku. What's all this story then? I, I, do you know what? I never, what had, I never had. I never had. I never had an issue with it. I, I, if, if you actually go back on, um, if you actually go on the Sky Italia website and you watch the interview, you, you'll get the full context behind it. I was hearing that he didn't actually want to join Chelsea. Well, there, there was all this and the, the, about you know Chelsea was the fourth fourth choice club. I'm sorry, but if you put Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and Barcelona on the table, any club's the fourth choice club. So yeah, again, it's it's a bit of media sensationalism that has uh, has blown it a little bit out of proportion. You know, he, he never. He, he Surely he's got the thing to think is, first when, team football, he's got to think that. Yeah, but listen, think. when that when that episode was recorded, um, that that interview, he was injured. Tuchel wouldn't let him. He was strip feeding him back into the team. He wouldn't let him come back into the team. And that it, thing is with Lukaku, unless he's fully fit. Then he's not as, as as effective as he as he can be when he's fully fit and he's a bully, and he and he pins defenders and defenders can't get around him. They can't get in front of him. That's the Lukaku you want on the pitch. If you don't get a fully fit Lukaku on the pitch, you get the Man United Lukaku, where he's got the touch of a, a, a rhinoceros, and 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 if you ain't got the touch and you ain't getting into position, you ain't getting in the box quick enough. You ain't getting goals. He'll still get goals no matter what because you know he's, he's a good goal scorer. But the most effective Lukaku is a fully fit, and I, I think Tuchel was right in holding him back because if you rush him back too early, there's always a chance that the injury reoccurs. Well, his form did drop, didn't it? His form did. Yeah, I mean, he, but then he, he went jaded. But see, then a lot, a lot of that ties into the fact that and that our two most attacking players was our fullbacks, and we lost we've lost Ben Chilwell for the season. And um, Reese James recently has been out injured. So if you take the two most, uh, at one point, bearing in mind, just before Chilwell's injury, Reese James was our top goal scorer on six goals, and Ben Chilwell was our top assist maker. So if you take them two components out of the team and you're not getting service into the box, your attacking unit can't function. That's so that's, that's that's yeah. So that's been a massive issue for us. So I'm dreading to think what Paul's going to ask me. <laughs> Spurs fans. <laughs> I was just going to say on Lukaku, he does have a bit of a habit of it. He did the same at Everton, he did the same at United, he did it at Inter to get the move, ultimately. So it's not something that anyone who did their due diligence would have known. He has a character of of wanting to talk, particularly during international breaks. Yeah, yeah, it Um, is a bit of form, you know, he has got form for doing it. But I mean, even even the whole thing about him... They'd have him back like that. Like I think they'd actually, to be honest, they'd probably yeah. have any goal scorer. <laughs> but, um, I mean, on <laughs> the thing about the, like the return to Inter thing, um, he weren't saying, I want to go now. He's saying, I want to go back there and do it again for them before I get to an age where I can't. So, you know, if he if he sees out the five years of his Chelsea contract, he's only, he'd only be 32, 33. And it, it, going back to Italy at that age, I mean... You've got a 40 year old in Slatan Ibrahimovic still out there doing it and scoring goals. So the quality in that league, he knows he can go out there at the age of that age and, and, and still be effective. So, yeah, again, that was a little bit blown out of proportion and all for me. Yeah, but we have had uh, a, a dip in form recently. And a lot of that for me does go on 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 the fact that we've lost our two first choice, um, our two first choice fullbacks. Because the tactical system we play with this, this Gengen press. 
that everyone fames about that Ragnik is supposed to have invented. Um, it does require your fullbacks to be athletic up and down the pitch and play high, almost as sort of outside wingers at, at times, almost making up like a four or a five up front, which pins the opposition fullbacks in. And it also pins their, any, any wingers they've got in because they've got to go in there and help out the defence. So if you take that out of your team, I think you're going to struggle for a, a bit of creativity. And we've been relying on players to just to come up with that one one little ma- magic moment. And of course, if that isn't happening, and the Kai Havertz has been a big loss for us for me. I think he's the one player doesn't get the goals of a Lukaku, um, but I think yeah, for me, he, in middle, he? he's yeah, he's the he's the link. He's the link between the functional players in midfield. Um, and the, then the attacking players in the Pulisic's and the Mounts or the Werner's or the Lukaku's. He's the one who links the play um, and keeps everything fluid for me, like that, that proper playmaker. So yeah. what would be your uh, half-term report then, if you were reviewing the season so far? What mark Missed opportunity. would you be giving out, Mr Hodge? If, if I was marking Tuchel as a manager, I'm saying an eight. Because I think a lot of it's been a little bit out of his control. Um, if I'm marking the team, I think there's quite a few in the attacking areas that, that can really do with pulling their weight a bit more um, and showing that if they really want to be part of this squad, then they need to get their head down and start producing. And I'm aiming that squarely at people like Callum Hudson-Odoi and Hakim Ziyech. Now, bear in mind, Hakim Ziyech's form has been that bad. He's not even been picked from Morocco for the African Nations. No. No. That, that, so is that a you, you think, C plus, B minus? Uh, I, I'd give it a B plus at the moment because we're not really. Listen, on on current form, no one lives with City. You know, they the way they're playing at the moment, and the way you know, without a recognised forward as such. I know that you know they've got Jesus and whatnot. He is sort of a number nine, but not quite. But he's been shunted to the right to create space for a false nine to play to do what they've done without a, you know missing out on Kane in the summer to go on and dominate and be what 11 points clear at this point of the season I think that's phenomenal and I don't really think anyone anyone lives with that necessarily so what are your expectations for now until the end of the year then what are you expecting I think, I think we need season? to I think we need to consolidate third um and obviously the aim is to try and close the gap to City. But we do have to be mindful that there are teams behind us that we cannot be complacent because West Ham are still in there, you know, hovering about. Spurs are one or two players away from making a real charge. And even, with, like you say, even with the squad that they've got, they could still put a run of results together. Arsenal's form under Arteta recently, um, since he ousted and shunted Aubameyang off, uh, has been phenomenal. So I think you have to worry about them. So I think, I don't necessarily think we have to think, oh, let's just make sure top four. I think we really need to consolidate and pull away from that pack that's chasing fourth. Because we don't, we can't afford to get dragged into a position where we're fighting to stay in the top four. Uh, and if we're not careful, and we've, we've, we've lost, uh, we've lost, what, 11, 11 points from winning positions? This season, and, and that that, but but our chance creation is unbelievable. We just don't take them. We don't take them. That's the thing. You've got to take your chances, or else you don't win the game. You don't. No. Simple. No. And you and you get what you deserve. And if you don't do that, then and and you and, you know you put pressure on your defence because if you're not blowing teams away and pinning them back and scoring goals, then 
you, you'll get periods of the game where they get to have a pop at your defence. And if and if you're not solid, and we've had one or two players out at the back as well, Christensen's been out for a while. Yeah. Got a question. <laughs> Thoughts on Mendy, goalkeeper? Love him. Love him. He's had a little bit of a rocky period recently. But yet again, I put a lot of that down to... Um, well, he's any young, isn't he? No, no. He's 28. He yeah. Yeah, you know, he's an, he's, he's an experienced goalkeeper. You have it, I mean, it was only, what, three or four seasons ago that he was on the verge of giving up football. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then he, had, he managed to get into a team, had a couple of decent moves um, that, that got him to Wren. And then he had a good, real good couple of seasons at Wren. And, um, yeah. I, I, I like him. I think he's been consistent. Um, it took the brig signing him took a, a lot of pressure off of Kepa, and it enabled yeah. all the all the noise that was around Kepa. It enabled all that noise to go away. I still think Kepa's got the potential of being. Is he still there at the club, there, Kepa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's going to be playing every week now because obviously. Um, oh, he's Men- away. At, yeah, Mendy's Africa. away at African Nations. Yeah. Um, so no, you know, I I felt sorry for Kepa because it was massive when Kepa was signed. That was a world record fee for a goalkeeper at the time. Um, so was it, a lot of pressure on it was a lot of pressure, and he yeah. he was young, and he'd never been at a big club or anything like that. And it was kind of a rush signing because we'd sold Courtois to Real Madrid, and it was a case of we we needed a goalkeeper, and no matter who we went for, the price was going to be jacked up because they all know Roman's got the money. So yeah. <laughs> But I mean, in terms of expectations, yeah, I think we need to we we need to consolidate third, try and push Liverpool as hard as we can for the runners up spot, get as close as we can to City. If we get a bit of form, we get our players back, start scoring some goals, you know, yeah. How I, much of a come down is that though from being champions of Europe? Well, we can still sing it for another few months, can't we? So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it is no, it is a come down, and and arguably on paper we should have been right up there with City in terms of in terms of squad quality. Um, but it just shows you though how fragile your squads can be, and I think Liverpool mm. are about to hit a bit of a slump and all because they rely so heavily on Mane and Salah, and both of them are now away for a month. So how do you think um, the Chelsea hierarchy will view it? Bearing in mind, as I say, champions of Europe, and then you go and spend a hundred million on a striker. Well, I don't. You'd expect the title, would you not? I'd expect to be very close, but yet again, you you cannot control what City do. You can win your games, like Liverpool when they lost out by you know the season before they won the title and they lost out by a point, and the pair of them scored over a hundred points. Sometimes you just can't. Some things are out of your control. But that's not the situation that Chelsea, though, is it? It's not, no. Um, And arguably, we could go into the January January transfer market and 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 spend. I don't necessarily think, other than a left back, I don't really necessarily think we'd. We've been linked with um, making a move for uh, Dinya from Everton. Um, I think that's a great. Wants to leave as well. Well, he's fallen out with he's fallen out with Benitez. Um, He hasn't been playing for about the last. Six or seven matches. Him and Benitez's relationship's gone, so he wants out. I think he's at a good age. Um, he's clearly, obviously, better than Alonso. Uh, and that, I'm not saying Alonso's a bad player, but in order to play the system that we play, you need pace in those wide areas. Um, I think Lucas Dinier at the age of 28, they're talking about 30 million. I think it's a sensible signing because 
you need to keep you need you, you know it's like if you're going to compete for trophies year in year out and if you want to stay with the likes of City and Liverpool arguably you need two very very good players for each position that's the reality of it and one of them's always going to be disappointed and not play but there's plenty of matches across the season where both of them are going to get 30 plus games each you know minimum and you're going to get injuries as we've seen with this season but but this is this is it though this just goes back to the fragility of any premier league squad if you scratch beneath the surface of most premier league clubs 11s you know it gets a bit scratchy liverpool included so, you know you take out three or four of their key players and they're in big trouble well we'll see in jam won't we with them well this is it you know and and, and i know there's been a bit of criticism of, of Mane recently and I don't I don't understand that but Mane plays every minute week in week out other than maybe coming off every now and then for a 10 minutes like rest as a sub and the reason he has to do that and the reason Salah has to play that is because they've got nothing they've got nothing in 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 reserve and and uh, you know the same could be said like uh, like I say at Spurs you know you take Kane and you take Son out where are the goals coming from? What about Yotta though? He seems to be doing a lot. Uh, a great signing, and it, ultimately he will be, he will be like in that next generation of their front, their evolution of the front three, and they're being linked with uh, this uh, Luis Diaz for around about sixty odd million. Um, he plays for Porto, and he looks like a very exciting um, another winger. So obviously, but that if you're paying sixty million now for someone who. That, that worries me. That maybe thinks that someone maybe we get maybe maybe it is time for them to let Mane or Salah one of them go and, and take a take a big offer because they're still at an age where a Madrid or a Barcelona would probably you know come in for them and make an offer. I don't know. Well, last time, didn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, you know, look with Coutinho and Hazard and seen it before. I mean, the biggest favour. Sergio Aguero did has just done Barcelona is retiring. He's just saved them the best part of half a million a week in wages. Mm-hmm. He's had no choice in it, though, has he? Well, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, you know, he, he's had to go. But yeah, oh. it's a funny one. Anyway, that's enough about that's enough about Chelsea. Before you grill me too much. No right. <laughs> more questions now. You are <laughs> <laughs> no. Honestly, we've we, to be honest, like you know, we've got we've not. There's no excuses. Um, the quality's there in the squad, but. It's football, isn't it? You know, you, you can send whoever out on the pitch. It's still eleven men against eleven men, and and if you're uh, on the day, if you don't want it more than the other team, then you're going to get caught out. I'm just looking forward to tomorrow derby against Coventry in the, in the cup. Well, yeah, FA Cup weekend. I, I, to be honest, I've been a bit poor with the fixtures. I'm obviously I know who we're playing. We've got Chesterfield, but who's, who's Spurs got? Um, Morecambe. Oh, the Winkles, I mean, Man- the, the cockle pickers. Is Man that City a had Swindon today. Yeah, Man City had Swindon. They um, Man City swept them, yeah. swept them away. To be fair, man, they, I, I don't know if you saw the lineups, but other than a, like Cole, uh, Cole Palmer and that, it was a very, very strong um, City team. Peps, I think Peps eyeing up uh, a good old fucking trophy haul this season. I'd say. Um, so I'm looking forward scary. to Millwall Palace. That'll be a good one. Millwall Palace is that at the Den? Yeah. That's the I, I tell you what, I mean, I, I always, I've always used to look forward to a third round of the FA Cup weekend. It was always one that sort of like really stood out because you were always looking for those. those where, where's that? Where's that giant killing going to come from? 
I, I pray. I hope it's not us with bloody Chesterfield. <laughs> That's for sure. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine losing to that one? Well, but will I, he put I'm, kids out though? Will he put all his kids? I don't. Out? I don't. I don't think Tuchel will. I think he will shake it up a bit. Um, but I think, but that'll be that'll mean the likes of like a Loftus Cheek playing, Hudson Odoi playing, and maybe throw one or two of the young players that have coming through. So um, young um, young Val made his. Uh, debut the other night against Spurs come right did it, did it right for 10 minutes when he came on you know he, he's a good young prospect so he might get a shout uh, I'd imagine probably Conte will probably do the same we haven't got any players left but, but yeah, to be fair though because, of, because obviously the, the recent games that have been postponed because of Corona Tottenham haven't really played a great deal of football recently no we haven't we had a sort of like a little mid-season winter break mid yeah. uh, kind of December time but uh, yeah, we'll just say try and save some legs for Wednesday. Give Wednesday a go. Then we've got Arsenal in the league, so yeah, the oh, bigger games really. That's going to be a big one. That's that's a yeah. real that's a real season breaker. Yeah, it really it is. is. It really is because if Arsenal, if obviously if Arsenal win that, I mean they really are pushing on the door of the top four. If Spurs lose it, then you're scratching up. You're scratching yeah. around for them Europa League places again. Spurs need to, be, I think Spurs need to be back in the Champions League for, for Spurs, you know, for for the sake of everything really. You know, the money coming in, champ, you know, Champions League football and a new stadium. Yep. Yeah. Never know. Mike Ashley might get you, you know, come in, take over, take over Derby, bring a few players in, consolidate, get promoted next season. End up back in the Premier League and then then not spend anything. <laughs> yeah, not spend it and get relegated again. <laughs> yeah. And then hover hover Typical above. Story. Yeah, bring in, bring, in, bring in Steve Bruce as manager and hover above the relegation zone for four oh, seasons. And then sell the club. Tomorrow? I haven't no. Cambridge. Cambridge. Okay. No, I'm imagine, I'm, I'm looking at the same. I think there's about four or five live games tomorrow. I think Paul will be yeah. soundly in bed by then because it's now. It's, now uh, approach, morning, it's, it's approach, yes, it's approaching two o'clock in the afternoon out there. Yeah, it is a lovely day, twenty odd degrees. So, here. I don't know if you know um, the time difference, Ad, but it's it's a thirteen hour time difference. So they're they're thirteen hours ahead of us um, yeah. here. So it's yeah, been quite funny. Before we've even had hours, don't they? Yeah, so it's like yeah, a yeah. it's like a, a it's like a weird thing. So when Paul first moved out there, quite luckily, obviously, because the hours that I work. It, you know, so like when I'm finishing at like 8.30 in the evening, Paul's kind of like getting up. So it's kind of worked well in terms of our being able to message each other and kind of get used to used to that. But I still forget sometimes when I message him and then I think, shit, I've just messaged him at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I, <laughs> I, I hope he's got his phone on silent. It looks like he's just got up now. I bet he's going to get I mean, obviously, silent, one, one thing we, we, me and Paul talked about, actually, because um, obviously, you know, Paul's a Spurs season ticket holder, so he, he's missing out on that. But obviously, um, Wellington play in the Australian A-League, yeah. I believe. And um, yeah. how far away is the stadium for, like, from you? I don't, I suppose, because Wellington's not a massive place, is it? So, From me, it's, um, well, it's like a 10-minute drive or a 16-minute train journey, but... Yeah. They're the problem because of the whole COVID stuff. They're playing in Australia at the moment. Okay, so, so, eliminates so they're not traveling. playing any games in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. So because of the whole traveling uh, to and from, 
and they've just had a massive uh, COVID outbreak amongst their team, so wow. they haven't got any games for a couple of weeks. Okay. I, I mean, I've... sometimes on uh, Sky Sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's on there. Um, I mean, I, I don't I know I, I, this is a football podcast, but obviously, being uh, pretty big cricket fans as well, um, and I've not been able to watch much of the Ashes, but we are, we, we've got to touch on it because Paul because Paul's out there in that that end of the world. Adam's muted his mic. He's like, cricket. Have you watched any of the Because obviously, time wise, where you are, you, I've got it on out. the telly now. Yeah, I don't. I, awful. It's awful. terrible. Yeah, it they've been shocking me bad. And I can Shocking imagine there's either. probably quite a few Aussies in uh, in New Zealand as well. So I'd imagine that they've probably been giving it here a bit. Uh, well, the, I think the thing with Wellington over Christmas is it empties out. Everyone kind of disappears. So yeah. it's quite an empty city at the moment. So Because obviously now's the summer. So, uh, yeah, so uh, this is like their August. Yeah. So everyone goes away. Um, oh, okay. um, yeah, so it's quite quiet. It's quite quiet here at the minute. And uh, so no, I haven't really had much of that. <laughs> and obviously, just touching on another little bit of sport, I imagine it's probably a, a fairly big story there as well, because your COVID rules are fairly in line with Australia's as well. The whole Djokovic thing. Yeah, it's a big, it's big news story down there. I think they've done the right thing. I would, uh, you can't the rules have one rule for one, and yeah, and it's not, and they're saying it's a bit of a prejudice against Djokovic, but he's not the only tennis player they've actually stopped. So it's not what. Other tennis players haven't even got to the point of an appeal. They haven't even been allowed in the country. Some yeah. of them haven't, because of the rules, haven't even applied. It's only because he thinks he's a special case. And he's he's a funny fella, isn't he? You can tell by the responses of a lot of the other tennis players that he's not particularly he's not liked particularly on the circuit. Like, almost you know, even the Dow came out and said, look, you know, you get what you cool. deserve, don't you? Or was so, it Visa or something? Or it's, well, it's a, it's I, think, I think... So initially, obviously, there's a big hoo-ha in in Australia because he's not vaccinated. Uh, he claims that he's not vaccinated because of on medical grounds, which you would say, okay, that's fair enough. If you've got a medical reason why you're not having it, I struggle to think of many reasons why, as an an elite athlete, that your body wouldn't be capable of having a COVID vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, you put protein stuff in him, so yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to put it into the context though, of if you're an Australian citizen and you're abroad, if yeah. you weren't double jabbed, you had no chance of getting into the country. No. Same, same as same over here. If you're, you know, a Kiwi and you want to come home, you have to be double jabbed just to stand a chance to be part of the lottery. So for him to be able to wander in openly not double jabbed and yeah. think that he can play and not only play, but however much he earns through playing in the Australian Open. I mean, I don't I don't know. They did I mean, it last year, didn't they? He yeah, won last I mean, year when the same rules applied. This is the thing, and I think he got. Like, I think he's he was initially given like a dispensation pending on having the correct medical documentation to say that why he he wasn't jabbed, and then he would have been allowed. But then then this whole thing cropped up with the the, the visa paperwork was incorrect in that as well. So yeah, yeah. But again, if you're if you're an Australian citizen and you're and you're working abroad and you want to come home for a holiday or you want to come back to live, yeah. you're not getting any exemption based on paperwork. If you're not double jabbed, they're not letting you in. Yeah. So I think it's like the Australian people that just kicked up a fuss and said, "Look, this ain't right. It's not fair." Yeah. You know, everyone knows people. Well, a lot of them will know people that are struggling from abroad trying to come back. A lot, of, a lot of the way a lot of the Australians have come back is actually through the New Zealand 
MIQ managed immigration system, which impacted yeah. on on uh, my wife and I coming back over. So um, yeah, you know, it's been it's been tough for them for people outside Australians outside the country trying to get in, and it's not right that some guy is openly isn't double jabbed and he's yeah. able to walk in and earn. I think it's like playing about half a million pounds for um for winning the Australian Open. I think it's more than that for the men's. I think I think well, I think I think it's, it's in the, I think it's actually in the millions. I think it's yeah, like one, one and a half, two million, something like that. Yeah. So you can understand why the public have kicked up a fuss and they're now yeah. in this current situation. And of course, talking about travelling and, and whatnot, that leads us into lovely back into football and our final topic, um, the African Cup of Nations and, and, and the impact on on our, you know, on our players having to, I mean, obviously we've lost Mendy at Chelsea, um, Liverpool obviously losing Mane Salah. Um, has Spurs got any anyone that's coming out there? No, we haven't got anyone, so we're quite lucky in that sense. I think yeah. um, there's quite a Liverpool few dotted around. The big losers, Derby have either, to be fair. No, I think I think um, yeah, Liverpool obviously the biggest. I think there's one or two others that are dotted around the Premier League. That um, I, I, actually, I think Liverpool have lost Nebby Cater as well. You know. Yeah, they would have. Yeah. So it opens it up for for you, I guess, but then also almost gives, leaves it clear for City, City at the same gives time. Gives City the title, yeah. yeah. But I, I want to. There's, there's there's been a little bit of a hoo ha um, that the African Cup of Nations hasn't isn't given the respect of other tournaments in terms of. So obviously the World Cup this year in Qatar. So when the new season starts in back up in like August time or whatever, um, that there's going to be a break in. The Premier League, and this will replicate across all of the big, the major European leagues. So there'll be a break in November for the World Cup to take place, and yet every what two is it? African nations every two years, isn't it? Every two years, right. and yet they have to contend with the fact that they <laughs> their competition, which is probably up there in terms of stature and size, as big as the European Championships, if you like, is not given that same level of sort of respect. Bearing in mind the vast majority of their players probably do play in Europe. It's not because it it means that clubs who pay the players' wages lose their best players yeah. for potentially a month or six weeks, particularly when technically I think they're allowed to call their players up two weeks before their first game, aren't they? Yeah. And the well, tournament goes on for a month. So if I they, think a lot of them go all the way. The majority of the players have been given dispensation mm. to come late. Yeah. Um, but then you throw that in then with the extra COVID risk as well. Yeah. You think you're Liverpool and you're playing Salah and Mane's wages. They go away for a month. You increase the risk because they're not in your bubble and you're not controlling them. That yeah. They then come back with COVID. So you lose them for another week, 10 days, two weeks. I mean, should, say should season, be... season could be over, can't it? Come yeah. by mid-Feb, end of March, if um, results don't go the right way. I mean, should, should the, the World Cup... The... In twenty the twenty two twenty two World Cup not be given the same consideration and maybe I mean obviously it's not going to be because obviously the money involved but should that not have been taken away from Qatar and it should be given to someone who could host it in a close season? Yeah, it should never have been given to them. But the big difference the place, is that yeah. the season stops, doesn't it? Yeah. So you know, so you don't lose Spurs don't lose Kane because he's playing for England and he's not not playing in the North London yeah. derby. But this is what you I'm know, saying about the no African Cup of Nations, though. Should they not have done a, you know, a three? A, you you can cram that tournament into into three weeks if it's organised well enough. We've seen it done where you've crammed the you know the whole back end of a season into a short space of time. So I think it probably could have done the African Cup of Nations in 
done a three, you know, a three four week hold on on, on all the major leagues in, in Europe. It's a difficult one though because then that comes into the whole winter break conversations, isn't it? And then if you have a winter break, the players want the the, the sorry the the clubs want the players to be rested. Yeah. So would you be never going to get respect because what, it's not played in the on, on a winter break? I don't know. It's, I mean, all this one isn't there. Not really. Like, don't you're not breaking at the end of Jan. I don't. I think that's just if an international break, though, isn't it? It might be. What are they doing for the World Cup then this year? So Is the league, then the leagues well? are basic. The league, all the major leagues around Europe and the world, if if they're active, will basically are going to stop in November, oh. and 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 then the World Cup will be played, and then the the leagues will resume. So that means obviously, like for a Premier League season, I would imagine the Premier League season is going to finish a lot further in. Probably closer to the end of June. Yeah, which is because obviously it normally finishes around the second week of May. Um, to me, so it's would... going to put a lot of strain on players. This is massive. Oh, what special? Well, I think a lot of strain yeah. on everything. Particularly well, look all with... these people with the heart stuff now. Yeah, particularly with players. Pan... Well, not even so much that, but just the even pandemic, yeah. a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I'd oh. say mental exhaustion as well. So you think, yeah, yeah, all these got... top players. Yeah. Are they going to have the mental energy to come back and want to play in a Premier League? Because you're not, you're not going to be able World to start. Or just missed out on the yeah, World you're Cup. You're not really going to be able to start the leagues any later on the following season either. Because, you, yeah. you know, normally, obviously, you'll start that, that season in August. And then by September, you're straight in, You're going to be straight into the qualifiers for the European Championship. Me, personally, I'd have cancelled them. Both of them. African nations and that, but it's all money based. It's all money, it? of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, me, if it was me, if it was me running yeah. it, I'd have cancelled it. Money's not an object. Let's cancel it. Let's get the seasons done. Let the players rest. Get this pandemic done. Job if, it, done. if it ever gets done. If it ever gets done. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got well, the, you've got the new one now, haven't you? A florona. Oh, florona. Yeah, bird, bird flu's back again. Malaria. Is it malaria now? <laughs> What's the other one I've just seen? Well, Florona, Florona is this next oh, biggest one, yeah. I reckon, which is a combination of two. This, there's this pregnant woman in Israel that somehow managed to get both, and both seem to have fused with insider. Now they're panicking that, that if that gets out, that that could be the next big variant. But yeah, but uh, you know, it's not all bad news. Apparently, it's it's more mild than Omicron. So yeah. <laughs> every cloud. <laughs> I just think of all these players having to travel. That's what I don't get. Well, I mean, obviously, Pep missed the game today um, yeah. because of COVID. So, you know, yeah, let's get to everywhere. Even my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad. Oh, and, oh, oh, yeah, and my dad as well. Yeah, he tested positive last night. You can't avoid it. It's, it's, it's just incredible. I have um, avoided it. Thank well, God. <laughs> that we know of so far. For now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, gentlemen, I'm going to bring this episode to uh, a close. We've, um, yes. we've covered, I think we've covered quite a bit in this. I'm, I've, it's been a good one. I quite like having these uh, these three way pods because it's nice. Like it's almost like you're not not the same, but it's like almost like you're in the pub doing the whole. All we need is a couple of beers, really, don't we? Uh, not appropriate for you at, early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's on the He's on the milk. I've been on my tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think it's, that's been a good pub. So hopefully we'll we'll have uh, we'll have these two back again soon. Uh, this pod should go live. Um, at some point on Sunday, so you should be hopefully listening to this Sunday afternoon. And I promise you, and I, I'll tell you what I have to say as well. I really appreciate all the messages that people had sent because I know we there's been a big gap, um, and so that for that I apologise. 
but I promise you that there, there won't be as big a gap between um, this episode and the next one because um, I'm finally allowed to come home. <laughs> and, and it might be a Derby one, depending on well, this Well, takeover. yeah, we've we'll, definitely got to follow that up. And I, I, yes. Uh, and obviously, you know, the Premier League's always rumbling on, so and Spurs is never uneventful. So we're, we're definitely going to be hearing from Paul again, that's for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, right. So I'm going to bring that one to a close. Uh, I'll say thank you to everyone that's um, going to be listening. Thank you. Massive thank you to Paul all the way from New Zealand and Adam all the way in Derby. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. And uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to get in contact with the show on the socials. So it's the Facebook page at uh, Talk Football. You can find us on Instagram, which is talk.football.hd. And that's the same for the TikTok page as well. So you might see some silly things on TikTok, me doing silly videos about so that i'm also gonna just as a little side note towards the end of this transfer window i am gonna get out with my camera phone and i'm gonna buzz around i did a few this a few years ago transfer deadline day and i'm gonna see if i can get our podcast um on tv with sky sports news outside one of the grounds (laughs) and i'm gonna make up some flyers and i'm gonna do some little posters and i'm gonna try and plug it (laughs) so um yeah look out for that transfer deadline day i promise i won't be running around waving purple dildos in anyone's ear holes or anything like that Um, (laughs) yeah so yeah look out for that um and obviously you can email me at uh, if you want to ask any questions about your clubs or anything to do with football alan nine hodge at gmail.com so once again thanks guys and we shall see you on the next pod 